I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. I am Liz Wright. I am so happy that you've joined me today. This is going to be an extremely special program today. I have with me to join me in in a life-giving conversation for you guys, one of my dear, dear friends. He is a, a successful businessman in the property sector. He's also a minister. Um, he's the head of a ministry, and uh, but more importantly than anything else, he is a true close friend of Jesus. He has broken through in into a depth of relationship with Jesus that is rare, and he is a man that I would say truly epitomizes um, what we see in the scriptures in Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 7, where the scripture says, we stand in victory above the rest, stately and secure. As we share, I'm paraphrasing obviously, as we share the vineyard of our heart, our love relationship with Jesus. And so he is truly a man. I know him really well and I've walked with him for a number of years and I've seen him walk through battles and you know the circumstances that we all face in life. And I see that he truly has discovered the source of strength for his life, for the fulfillment for all of his emotional needs, that he really does live in that place. And it's, and it's obvious to all of us that have the privilege of calling him our friend. We see that, that Jesus literally radiates off his life. And to be a man who's in business as well, um, he's not a full-time minister. You know, he is a minister, but he's in the marketplace as a minister predominantly in how he spends his time. And it's clear that he drips Jesus. He releases the fragrance of Jesus. He releases the wisdom of Jesus. So in today's show, I want to go inside the relationship with my dear friend and Jesus to just draw out some nuggets from his life, to hear some of his story that will hopefully release a lot of strength for your life too. So welcome to the program, Ben Dianda. Oh. <laughs> so lovely to have you with me. Thank oh. you for your time and coming on with me. It's a joy and a privilege. And you know how much you and Wesley means my heart <laughs> that we get to walk this out together <laughs> yeah, it's a special family absolutely absolutely ben to jump right into our conversation would you mind sharing with us all together like the family listening to some of how you your life started off with jesus how did this level of depth of relationship with jesus begin for you uh i had the privilege of growing up in a family that always knew Jesus. In fact, my parents met in revival, met in Bible college. And so I was born again when I was three, speaking in tongues when I was like seven. <laughs> wow. But And so I knew Holy Spirit incredibly intimately my whole life. I don't know what it's like to be apart from not hearing the Lord. And so it's become so one with my own internal language that sometimes I'm even jealous of people that have radical transformation story because they they can express the dichotomy between before and after Mm. but i know it infused through me but what happened was 
sometime after college, but without expressing my full testimony, because we'd be here a super long time. <laughs> uh, just sort of these, this brokenness. And what I know now is lovesickness really manifest in my life. There was nothing wrong with my upbringing or my childhood, or there was nothing dramatic that happened to me. But my body began to just shut down. And I emotionally became extremely traumatized to the point where um, my dad would drive me to work. We would work together um, kind of after he rescued me out of school and put me into a different lifestyle. Um, I, I would have severe panic attacks. I wouldn't be able to breathe or move. And there were other underlying conditions. But I knew without a shadow of a doubt that everything was spiritual and that I could be healed just by finding him. And what I didn't realize was that I hadn't met Jesus for myself. I had been saved my whole life, but I hadn't had the face-to-face -face encounter with the one that we're supposed to be married to. Right. Right. <laughs> and I just went head deep, completely into finding anything I possibly could to get freedom. And the Lord laid forth a series of circumstances where I could find that. But because I had Holy Spirit as my guide and my counselor, he knew exactly where I needed to go. And it wasn't overnight. It was a series of like 10 years of progressive, what I would call like levels of union into Jesus. Um, kind of what you hear really from like the mystics and the saints of old, like Madame Guillon or Teresa of Avila or Catherine of Siena or St. John of the Cross, after I walked through so much of that, I turned back in their stories and the Lord would show how he fulfilled and honored every step of the process and maturity and union with him without having any foretype before me except Jesus himself. So, and so during the, the time where it was unfolding, were you sick? Yeah. For the uh, time? Wow. And so, was the, so the sickness and the desperation inside of you for Jesus was just propelling you to keep trying to mm -hmm. find Okay. Yeah, an extreme depression, like really was practically bipolar, but it was things working out inside of me internally to like find and know him. It was a radical pursuit. And what it came down to was I knew that everything inside of me had to be completely stripped away, that I had to completely forget myself and remove and renounce pretty much all my desires, all my talents, all my abilities, all the things I knew I was set up for, which were like radical and extreme and artistic and sheer influencing and all sphere influencing all of that. But, um, and I came out of a place where I was completely set up to do it all and all crumbled in front of me. So I was in a place where I really could give it all up. <laughs> and one day I remember specifically um, where I said, this is it. You know, I have, I don't even have my own life anymore at that point, um, wow. which unfolds all those different aspects. But I really felt in this specific, what became an encounter, felt as though I died and was resurrected all within it was when I gave up all the purpose and destiny in my life, all my physical being, um, every vitality or piece of me. Uh, kind of all those things that we make up of what our desires and our passions are for our life to really become this kind of avatar of what we think we're supposed to be, or I'm even thinking about how important it is to like brand yourself right now. <laughs> all those expectations, you know. Mm -hmm. to, to be what you think uh, you to be. 
-hmm. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. Even to what you believe God made you to be. I laid those things down and renounced them. And I saw them all really infused into Christ himself as though he were on the cross. Because those were my own sins. They don't even seem really bad per se, because they're all things that were given to us by him. But this is the radical part was, I knew the only thing left, because I also wanted to give him anything I could have value, was my own salvation was the greatest you know, thing I could possibly own or have or conceive of. And I really even laid that down before him too. And I said, if I am nothing, I even give you my salvation because it's the most precious thing I have to you. That even if that is the most worthy and precious gift I can give you, I even give it back to you. And in that, he laid me out on the cross with him. <laughs> and I was infused in him, just like as you go through um, Ephesians of the co-death, co-burial, co-resurrection. I, I saw the nails go through our hands together and I felt the pain of it, but not the fullness of it because he really bore it. But he allowed me to experience parts of it with him. And the feet, the raising of it, the dropping into the ground, the agony and the suffering of trying to breathe, what it was like to feel everyone's life come upon him and the, the adoration of his life for man. And we breathed our last breath together. And, um, wow. I know now that that was the beginning of, um, the bridal experience. <laughs> you know, Song of Solomon says, um, I even have it queued up until day breaks and the shadows flee. I will go to the mountain of myrrh into the hill of incense. And you together are beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw within you. And she really says there in Song of Songs uh, 3-6, that she said, here on the mountain of suffering love, yes, I will become your bride. And it's in that place where you experience the co-sufferings of Christ, because it played on and on. I, I, over the next series of six years, I went into different aspects of his suffering and his walk and the Vila Della Rosa and the betrayal and the garden. When we identify with his life, it's when we really know him and become the bride. You know, if we really adore him, we live our life with him and we want to experience everything with them. Just like you would your spouse. You want to know who they are and what made them who yeah. they are today, you know? Yeah. And um, that's what changed everything for me was it's identifying the sufferings and laying within his wounds. <laughs> It's so holy, Ben. I so, I'm so thankful that you're willing to be this vulnerable, you know, to share this, because I realize this is the treasure of your life. You know, all I keep thinking when you were sharing that then was how Jesus has privileged you to truly understand, become one with his heart. It's like he's shared with you his heart he's taking you inside the experience of his life while he walked on the earth the price he paid for us and it literally like you've gone through an experience of literally what the scriptures say it's no longer i that lives but it's christ that lives in me that we are co-crucified co-buried co-resurrected co-reigning that mystical union of oneness christ in us now the hope of glory that literally he took you to the end of himself didn't he and then and then when you gave up 
everything you knew to give up. You know, you yeah. gave up your entire life out of love for him. And then he shared with you what he did and his immense love. What was behind those nails, you know, was his love. <laughs> and you experienced that and, and went through. I don't think I've, like you said, I don't think I've ever heard anybody go through this fullness of this experience of, of it's the scripture right you went into the experience of what he's done for us apart from maybe some of the mystics of old in part you know where they've shared some of their testimony um so what when obviously obviously it ruined for you for everything else i mean <laughs> know that as your friend i mean you are living with this divine love sickness for his presence i mean he's your very breath isn't he he's you know he is i mean we once we've seen him, there's no going back. Yeah. He, he, and he's exquisite love, and we were created to live in oneness with him. But the language you have and the the purity of heart that you have been and that reverential fear of the Lord, that desire to walk in holiness because you are so sensitive to how your life affects the heart of God, mm-hmm. you know, is just a gift that has come as a result of what you've experienced. So, and then, so what happened after you, obviously you, you began to heal physically, he, began oh, yeah. to, he restored you, he brought you into resurrection life, presumably the other side of um, trusting you to, the, to this level with his heart. What, what happened after that? I, one of the almost immediate encounters that followed that was, even in that experience, I was within him I didn't see him. <laughs> and that was the heart cry of my heart. And it still is too, to physically, tangibly hold and see the face of Jesus. <laughs> and I mean, that puts me into agony of love sickness, <laughs> just to hold him and be with him. But yeah. uh, an experience right after that, I was learning, you know, what it is to practice um, the presence and read the scriptures like Madame Guion laid out, you know, like mm. lay upon the word and eat the word and, uh, as you just look upon him, just say one of his names softly. And I was even practicing that. And it was as if um, uh, this opening up in, within the top of a dome, an oculus opened up above me, sort of with that framing of <laughs> architecture background, uh, <laughs> like the, the exposure of it being black within the dome, but the pure white coming through that oculus. And a figure looked out over the balcony down at me. And it was the similitude of Christ and what I knew to be him. And that was enough for me. That just set me off. <laughs> and I was lost. And what happened in that specific recognizing him is all fear was eradicated from my body, like spiritually and soulishly and physically. And I believe that that was one of the largest pieces of my healing was that in that experience, I knew I could face hell, Satan, <laughs> all torment, all of it. And none of it would matter because I was standing in like the understanding of the resurrection of Christ. Wow. And that light, the revelation within the encounter as you were in prayer, just mm-hmm. infused that strength into you, did it? And yeah. the, the yeah. left. Eradication. I just knew it. I mean, I was on the ground and, you know, undone, but it didn't mean that I couldn't stand up with fullness of strength and feel him within you exuding to push anything away, you know, and that even if something horrible were to come before you it would fall in terror, really. And so, I mean, that really 
it's, it was those truths that were set up in me through encounter that I knew I was healed. I knew that I didn't have depression. I knew I wasn't suicidal or any of those types of things because I had such strength in my spirit that it wouldn't matter if even a doctor gave me a prescription that was wrong. It was enough to know. And it, it, what it ended up doing was physicalizing a full miracle of, you know, wholeness at the end. Yeah. Yes, but well, you connected into the new creation reality, hadn't you, completely? And there is no sickness in Christ, and he's our neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and So do you believe that you touched the sovereignty of God, where you said the fear completely left you? I had to, uh, and even the seven spirits of God, even fear himself, you know. I mean, if you approach the awe of God, and he is what we are to reverentially fear, and we have on his beautiful dazzling splendor you know nothing else matters that's what happened i beheld him right so fear had to leave yeah absolutely you touched perfect i mean it was a six to ten year experience but what it was was that that was a co-crucifixion i walked through a co-burial there was a co-descension just like he did to win the keys of life there was a resurrection experience coming out of the tomb with him you know there was the point of ascension with him He's allowed me to walk through these experiences. And I, it wasn't that overnight I was better, but I was in pursuit. And so I had everything I needed, you know. But what it did was it set me up for bridal encounter and true union. And I think sometimes that's what's missing when we, in like the intimacy message and the bridal message, is that people don't completely open up their stories of their bridal encounter and what it took to enter into that like even like you said in song of songs it took her deciding to walk up golgotha with him and be crucified before he calls her bride mm-hmm. and so i think sometimes that there's a step missing in the message of like he's going to marry you he is but are you co-identifying with the fullness of who he is yeah. and like my f- other favorite scriptures in ephesians um where you know he has given us the Holy Spirit as a seal to promise and hope-filled inheritance and deposit and surety of what's to come. But song is, uh, the Passion Translation calls it, he gives us the Holy Spirit as an engagement ring is given to a bride. And it, when we see the Holy Spirit surround us as a physical surety, you know, an engagement ring to him that he's slipped upon our being, then we know without a shadow of a doubt that we're ready to be married to him too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. There's an invitation into the fullness, isn't there? There's a security that we can now experience as we have the dump, the deposit of mm-hmm. God in us. But it's, uh, it's, a, it's an invitation into, into the fullness of, of the vision that Jesus held in his heart as he hung on the cross, which was us, right? The in mystery. Fullness. Right. We are his counterpart forever. So as a as a man, I mean, I love this. I love talking to my brothers, you know, like you and Eric and Brian, Eric Gilmore and Brian Gurren oh. and others who are, you know, our friends and men who walk in the bridal paradigm. You know, and another man that comes to mind, of course, who's pioneered it is Mike Bickle. You know, mm-hmm. masculine guys, intelligent guys who have who have found this life, you know, the Lord's brought them, brought you into a walk with him that is just, it's the, what we were created for, right? But it's extraordinary. So 
as a man, can you explain to like other other members of the family listening right now to help them go deeper in their walk? It's not a it's not a feminine message, is it? It's it's a oneness with the living God that's transformational and is the source of all power. So can you can you explain from a man's perspective the bridal walk? So you walked this incredible journey with Jesus as he began to awaken you and share his heart with you and take you into this amazing journey of really understanding what he's done for us and who we are now. And then the component of well, the next level for you of the bridal walk, when you started to touch into that as a man. Will you unpack that a little bit more for us? Certainly. Um, <clears throat> you know, we had surrendered. So, I mean, identification and terms didn't matter anymore. <laughs> what mattered to me was that Jesus has a bride and I want to be that. And it's the church. And the other call on my heart that I even skipped over was in that co-crucifixion experience. There also was a download of like what my purpose was too. And he made it very clear that it was to be a manifestation of the bride upon the earth physically and to physically establish the kingdom of God, whatever that meant in terms of like habitation, physicalized spheres to walk through. And so that's something that marked me in it. So it was like a trade, but I had a goal and an endeavor now is that I want to see the church and the body become one and built up into the temple of Christ without any like measure or variable between us. And so that is the bride. The church is the bride. And I walk through it just as you do. Your life is a prophetic allegory of the hope-filled promise. And that's something I've been really meditating on lately is just as the patriarchs were a foretype and a prophetic picture of Christ. I believe our walk in our life is a prophetic picture of the bride and Jesus and the fulfillment of his next coming to watch us and to see even in our failings and shortcomings, how he comes to fulfill. And so I leaned into it, honestly. And that, that, uh, (laughs) that experience of the Holy spirit encompassing his engagement ring. That was my first bridal realm experience. And the next was um, him laying these bracelets around my neck. And I didn't know what that meant. Look in Song of Songs, that's his version of the engagement ring with the Shulamite or the bracelets around her neck. And then he also put a veil over my head and it was a white veil. And he said, this is your last veil. You know, having walked through all these things of tearing things away and (laughs) all the wrong ways of seeing and rose-colored glasses and all that. But this one was a good one. He said, this is your veil of purity. It's the last one between me and you is one of purity. And in another experience, uh, actually the first time Eric Gilmore came out and we shared together, he was speaking on the kisses of Jesus, just like he did in your podcast. And um, that's when he removed that veil and he kissed me for the first time. Yeah. And so these are all real things. <laughs> these are all real encounters. Um, I had another experience with Eric Gilmore. I just felt to be transparent with some of my bridal experience because people don't share them. <laughs> They're yeah, rare. Yes, yes. And I know I'm not the only one. I mean, we know from behind closed doors, we hear them, but they're not on the platform. Yes. And it's just sort of unveil. It's not something like weird and spiritual spiritually physical or anything like that with jesus it's something very sacred and it's we're a four type in a picture of really who he is 
fully completed. And um, another that was very precious to me was, again, I was in Eric Gilmore meeting because he just facilitates that realm so well. And like you said, with impartation. Yeah. And the father came and he officiated the marriage between Christ and I. And it was private and it was um, in a small ceremony just with like the creatures before the throne, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, Jesus and I. And he gave me a different ring of authority with him to walk in. It was beautiful, emerald, massive. <laughs> And I mean, but each one of these things, I say these casually now, but at the time I was undone. Yeah. Know, yeah. Completely, absolutely. completely lost. Absolutely. I mean, it's the scripture, isn't it? That we are transformed with every unfolding revelation, you know, and as he releases the kisses from his heart, we're infused with divine revelation that completely transforms our life mm -hmm. as he's opening up another realm of understanding to us of who he is and therefore who we are now as ones that have inherited his nature, you know, to, to co-reign with him. It's so obvious to me, Ben, that you are a man, like you said, you know, that, that divine infusion of understanding came into you through the encounters about not just your identity and the privileged incredible walk we now have as as the bride of christ but that also we're the ones to co-reign with him we are his reflection in the earth and we're yes. to co-reign with him to bring the realm of his presence his kingdom everywhere we go across every sector of society as we start to you know and it really is the walk of the shulamite isn't it like your mm -hmm. life epitomizes that that you you are a surrendered man. You have completely died to yourself and you are, your, the eyes of your heart are locked onto Jesus to just flow with what matters to him, with the revelation that comes from his heart every day across the property sector, across the financial sector, all the different aspects of business that you're involved with. You're bringing his influence and his wisdom and his nature all the time, which is, you know, you are, you're forerunning, we are forerunning the bridal walk with it, which is this, isn't it? It's co-reigning with Christ wherever he puts you to, so that in the end, the, the earth becomes a reflection of heaven. You know, you're, like Jesus taught us to pray, you will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. You know, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's just a, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? This is who we are. And I love the fact that, you know, you and others, Many of us are starting to share, like you say, being more vulnerable now with the journey that we've actually been living mm -hmm. in the secret place for all these years by Jesus' initiation. And I think the more we share, we give language to each other, don't we, which is so critically important to actually um, help each other understand, oh, you know, I, like I listen to you. You know, and it, when we have our conversations and you explain what you've been going through and I'll sort of go, oh, wow, yes, that's what I yeah. went through. I didn't have language for it. You know, so it's such an important hour for us to be able to speak like this and to just be open and build each other up in our most holy faith. And, you know, the scripture is clear, isn't it? He's coming back for a bride without mm -hmm. spot, blemish or wrinkle. We're being perfected in holiness in this hour through our intimacy with him, to co-reign with him and see the earth transform because it's his. So oh, I'm so I'm so encouraged by your walk. I mean, it's such a privilege to be able to do life with you and, and hear the amazing journey that Jesus has you on. And 
And I think you know, that you can see, can't you, every, every genuine encounter changes us and there's that little bit more humility inside of us, a little bit more reverential fear of the Lord, a little bit more love for him, you know, more of the attributes of his nature. Do you find that? The more you go on with him, that you realize, oh golly, that his nature is expanding inside of me. Yeah, absolutely. And without forcing it upon yourself, you begin to just manifest it through that life. Union. Yeah. And, you know, I'd always been a prayer. Like I grew up around intercessors and I always knew that that was sort of my DNA and my yeah. model. And it's, that's what's been the most interesting part is I don't pray the same anymore. And as I mature through this with him, I've lost the right to have any words anymore. <laughs> uh, have my own agenda whatsoever. Um, even in many ways present my own needs and it's because I'm beginning to just walk in full trust and there's such like a heart sink between us that my desires are his and my needs are his needs and I have full understanding that I don't really need, really need to carry those things for myself or for others anymore that even when I'm praying with you or for you and your family, it's the same thing. I hold you in my heart and we hold each other in Jesus's heart. And we're all one in him that we really just set our affection towards him with our friend. And we just experience Jesus together. <laughs> but yeah. my prayer time now has just become silence and waiting and seeing and going to him, but really through love and just a desperation of having to have more of him. And he reveals himself and he's faithful. And sometimes it's not the most ecstatic thing on earth, but I'll leave feeling as though nothing at all has happened, even feeling a bit defeated. And then I'll go about my day speaking to others and realize, oh, he's deposited all these things within me <laughs> that were so subtle. And it was so vast, you know, like how when you do get a revelation or a download from the Lord, it's not through words, it's through just this infusion of something that's so much larger than our, really our capacity. And yeah. it, it's really, it's a different thing. And I'm realizing too, how much our lives are intercession and our lives are prayer walk. And I was even expressing to another friend of ours that also kind of live, it lives completely in a bridal reality is that, you know, you even reach a point where maybe you're not sitting and praying 24 seven, and you kind of self selfly feel as though I'm not a good Christian. I'm not spending my time in the prayer closet, but he even subtly uh, corrected me one day and said, no, your spirit is in constant adoration towards me. And even, you know, your my heart and your heart are one together. And is there any time when you're not longing for me? No, <laughs> you're constantly adoring me. We're constantly in prayer and worship together you know, infused as one. I wouldn't say that that's true for people that haven't begun to walk out this reality, you know, just <laughs> to say like, oh, I don't need to pray because, <laughs> right. you know, I'm constantly communing, but it does come into a place where it is that 24 seven prayer. Like Paul talks about, you know, yeah. there's no more separation. No, I mean, it is, it is the invitation for everybody, isn't it? I think what, I, I can feel that when you're speaking, you know, that there is a divine invitation for everybody listening, for all of you family right now. There is this divine invitation to come to this next level of communion with the Lord. It's like um, he, as you go on, he sensitizes 
fast, isn't he? So your yeah. conscious awareness tunes in with the mystical union that's real now, that it, you know, Christ in us, the hope of glory, as Paul says, you know, Paul shares with us, that is what has happened. You know, when Jesus comes to indwell us, we, we have him all the time. And so for me, the walk that you're describing, my experience is that I just become more and more sensitized to the fact that he is within me and mm -hmm. I, I can turn the affection and the attention of my heart throughout the day. And with that, that's what we both do. You know, you just take a few moments and recalibrate, re reset your gaze upon the Lord. And then he just infuses you again, you know, and you, and you realize you are, you are adoring him. And I think, I think this is the life of intercession. You know, it's the priestly life, isn't it? We get the privilege of being able to minister to the heart of God. And then when he shares his heart in response, we get to know what's on his heart. And then we come to agreement with that. And that's what changes the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he, he really cares about all of our horizontal needs and our to-do lists and please God, we need this. <laughs> and that's really valid. It's part of our growth and our relationship with him, isn't it? But this is a completely different level. This is the level of union, of communion with him, of union and of knowing what's on his heart. And really, I think this is the most powerful level of intercession because you're agreeing with the perspective of God. Mm -hmm. And when he releases his mind on a matter, there's no, there's no authority that can override his decisions. And so therefore you, you just are in agreement. There's agreement between heaven and earth and that begins to manifest. That's what I would call his bridal intercession. Absolutely. It's, yeah. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> and you, I mean, I know with you, I've seen the breakthroughs that you've had by living this way in the business that you do, you know, the, you know, the battles that you've faced and it's broken through as a direct result of, just seeking him, tuning in and, and knowing what he's saying. And then we come in agreement with that until it manifests yeah. in the earth and you really do get breakthrough. Mm -hmm. so just this, through love. <laughs> yes, yes. This is the wisest life. This is the way we were created to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's so, well, I know that there'll be people listening right now saying, okay, help me. I want to go into this next level. <laughs> so, Ben, can we, can we jump in together? I'll be in agreement with you, but can we go inside your relationship with Jesus a little bit? Absolutely. This is my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Let's just spend some time to, as we, as we come towards the end of this, uh, this program together, just, helping all of you guys out there just engage. Even if you are walking in a deep walk with Jesus, there is always more for all. That's why we're permanently hungry, isn't it? Because we know <laughs> like, there's just so much more. And this was it's the groaning. It is the groaning, yeah. So can you start, can you lead us in, Ben? Jesus, here we come before the steps of the Temple Mount knowing full well this is where you dwell. We present all our hopes and all of our expectations, knowing that here we will behold the fullness of our desired intimacy and the realization of your manifestation. So Jesus, step through into our heart and let us feel the weightiness of your feet dwell within us, that we actually feel the deposit of your person 
as a physical entity, as the pearl of great price within the wheel, that we are the shining and luminous ones, that you are fitting that engagement ring upon our hearts, our physical being, and setting the stone of the refraction, the fullness of the facets of the union that is the body, that our identity is the missing refraction and light of Christ. And we see this now as the fulfillment of all that we've been desiring, all the radiance that has been given that's laid up from within. So Jesus, even now we present and lay before you all our desires, all our needs, all our suffering, all our places that we don't measure up even to our own expectations. And even for the ones around us that we have authority over and with within our families, that the Holy Spirit is ushering before you and in our generations. That we are all coming before Jesus as one family, as one accord. That we have crossed over the Jordan, we've left Egypt and Babylon. We're no longer slaves. And we've come into a promised land that is Zion itself. Where we meet Jesus that's administrating before his lampstands. That the flame is arising. And the things in the dust of our earth and our life and this earth journey is actually laid before you. And the dirtiness is just burned up and consumed. And now we're just radiant and shining ones, clean and perfected, washed even by your own hand from head to toe. Let us feel the waters of your love cascade over our bodies as we humble ourselves before you to even be loved by a washing of you who is the word. So we even step into you, the word, that our lives become an allegory and prophetic picture of the coming of Christ. We thank you that you realize all of our offering, all of our giving, that there's a monument in heaven before you and that you recognize our needs, but that now we can come into a place of full trust, full abiding and full love where we can just finally rest and become uncoiled. Ease of union. To drink in life and to eat of your tree of life, finally, Jesus, again, that is before you and transplanted. That we can walk as a bridal procession up the mount of the Lord through the archway of trust, singing the song of triumph and victory. And in it, losing ourselves and seeing Christ alone. We magnify you. And we see your hopeful promises radiate from your throne and fall and cascade upon us. And everything around us come into its fullness and maturity and life. Resonating life that no thing can hold us and shroud us because we are just radiating, buzzing with life. 
We touch you, hope-filled promise, pearl of great price, and we're clothed in our bridal garments. We cup our hands with the oil of love, and with your kiss that they are lit with the flame that we can then present to others. the radiating promise of love. We trust you to lay ourselves down and resurrect as you, in you, Christ in us, the hope of glory. No longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me from this day forward. Co-crucified, co-buried, descending and winning keys of life in and with him, resurrecting, walking upon the earth and ascending and now co-seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all things. In that place where there is nothing but I and you and you in me forever. Amen. Ben, thank you so much for sharing your precious, precious relationship with Jesus and family to stay in this place as we finish off the program today, to stay with Jesus. We're going to a completely different level now in him, of the understanding of the mystical union, of oneness, of being living fulfilled, every need met through his beautiful glory that's now present within you, saturated in love, and from glory to glory to glory, ever unfolding revelation. Bring more and more understanding to your heart, even today, of who Jesus is and who you are now in him. So thank you for being part of today. If you know people that will benefit from the content of today, please do get this out on your social media. Just like, share, subscribe, get it out there. So we're all rising together in this new creation life to look like Jesus, to be his reflection here in the earth. So bless you. Thank you for being with us and look forward to being with you again next week. God bless.